Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are rolling right along in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. About to cover chapter 11, titled The Firebolt. Woo! But before we go into chapter 11, let's talk about what happened in chapter 10, which was the Marauder's Map. Harry so was, much happened. It was, it was a lot. This is going to be a lot. So I'm going to try to break it down for you in a few lines here. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to the full episode, it is in the archives on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. That's a lot. Those are all real things, too. Yeah. We're on all of them. We're not making anything up. Nope. Eh, we might make some stuff up later. <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, the Marauder's Map. Harry was gifted with the map by Fred and George Weasley. And the map, Jessica, allows you to see all the hidden pathways to and from Hogwarts, and almost kind of like a like a tracker, like on a video game, where you can like look at the map and see where all your characters are at. Mm-hmm. You can see where all the important characters are in and around Hogwarts. And Harry experiences uh, via the hidden tunnels Hogsmeade for the first time, and uh, gets to head to the Three Broomsticks, where first, he over- first Butterbeer, where he overhears uh, uh, McGonagall. Flitwick, Hagrid, oh. Cornelius Fudge, talking about Harry's connection to Sirius Black, including Harry being the godson of Sirius Black, Sirius Black being Harry's dad's best friend and best man at his wedding, and apparently Sirius Black being the one who turned on Harry's mom and dad, leading to their unfortunate end. Did I cover everything? I think you did. I, I did. I doubted you. I'm sorry. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, right? <laughs> so it's like a daily basis in this marriage. I'm, I, I'm, but I'm thoroughly impressed. You know, you keep the bar real low, though. It's really easy to step over it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what, what can I say? You put the bar real low for me, and uh, sometimes I are usually, I think I exceed expectations. Again, because expect, set expectations are so low. So you want me to raise them? I mean, you do. You do you. You know. <laughs> I think it's all. I think it's it's really a personal choice. I'm not one of those uh, husbands that's going to have my my thumb on you all the time and kind of tell you how to think and tell you how to act. I'm just going to tell you, you know, just whatever makes you happy, babe. Oh, so. thanks. <laughs> and if setting ridiculously low expectations for your husband <laughs> of 17 years. <laughs> Or 16 years at this point. I don't think that was a ridicul- ridiculously low expectation. That was a lot of stuff to cover. I mean, I'm... And you said a few lines. I don't know and... if you uh, know this, but I'm a, I'm reason- I'm a slightly above uh, average intelligence person. And that was like the worst <laughs> sentence. I said that was, that was so worstly, that was intelligent the wor- and stuff. And I said worsely, too. Worsely? <laughs> That was the worst crafted uh, sentence by somebody who was claiming to be uh, intelligent. But I digress. Uh, 
I thought you were going to say something about being like a lit- literary wonder or something. So, well, you're the writer here, so I'm just a librarian. You're the uh, the uh, wordsmith of the pair. I don't know. Let's talk about chapter eleven. Okay. The firebolt. You're going to lead us through it, and I'll just drop in some nuggets of glorious knowledge whenever I get the opportunity. All right. But we won't set the bar high. No. Put, just put the bar on the ground. All right. So there I could even, like, just trip on it and still get over it. Nice. All right. Well, unlike the last chapter, I don't feel like a lot happened in this one. It was a shorter chapter, for sure. Yeah. There, there was a... I would say there was some fun stuff in here. Mm-hmm. I would say that there was... A lot of I, I used the word weird in my notes a lot. There was a lot of weird interactions between characters in here, kind of uncomfortable interactions, especially between the trio of Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Yeah. There was just some some times where I don't. You're the you're the wordsmith here. Give me a, a <laughs> word for just uncomfortable silences. Un- awkward. Yeah, it was very. It was. It was a lot of awkward. They weren't on the same page. No, they, they were- couldn't get on the same about anything. No. About even going to see Hagrid, for the and the reasons to go to see Hagrid. Like, yeah, yeah let's go to see Hagrid because I want to do this, this, and this. Whoa, guy, that's not really why I wanted to go. And Hermione didn't even want to go see Hagrid because yeah. Harry's not supposed to leave the castle. They couldn't get on pay on the same page with anything. In the chapter, from beginning to literally the last few words in the chapter. This is true. All right, well, let's get into it. So, at the very beginning, it just says that Harry somehow made it back to Hogwarts. Doesn't even really remember going back through the tunnel, sneaking through Honeydukes, or any of that after his them overhearing the the very eventful conversation. And. He just kind of goes back. Everybody's kind of partying it up because it's the end, last day of term. Everybody's getting ready to leave back home on holiday. He goes and hides in his bedroom, kind of sulks, pulls he's the curtains a, I mean, around. He's, he's in a state of shock right now. Yeah, you know his his. We got to remember, like, how old this is Harry's third year. Third. He's thirteen. Yeah, is he thirteen? I was gonna say it depends on when his birthday is, but we know when his birthday this is. This is a thirteen-year-old who's trying to process. <laughs> Things you know, everything that that just happened. Imagine being a, a, an adult and how mind blowing it would be to process all this information. But being thirteen years well, old, you were an adult and had to process all the information. It's yeah, a lot. But you I got it into it. a couple of I just lines. Went, I just went and hid in our room. <laughs> I don't remember that. We don't even have curtains around our bed. our bed, but I put some up just oh, so I had. Is that why pull. those are there? Yeah, now. they're just like old old uh, shower curtains. <laughs> I just put some nails in the ceiling. I just wanted, I needed like a bubble to be in. I needed to feel protected. I needed to feel swaddled. You should have wrapped in in like the weighted, get a weighted blanket and wrap yourself up Mm -hmm. in that. That would would probably help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some some people are uh, very reliant on those weighted blankets. We can't have one though. No, because our our, uh, poor dog who broke his back a few years ago. Yeah, has some... I, I don't know if he'd be... He likes to be underneath issues. the blankets, and I don't know if he'd be able to get out from underneath yep. the blankets. No, he'd just suffocate under there. He'd, he'd just say, okay, out. well, this is it. <laughs> this is how After it is. all I've been through. After all I've been this through. This is what gets me. Yep, a blanket. Oh, poor little Batman. All right, so he pulls out the 
photo album that Hagrid gave him and he's flipping through. And I totally forgot about this part, but he actually finds a, a wedding photo mm-hmm. and sees Sirius Black in the background. Of course, he doesn't look anything like the Sirius Black that Harry's been seeing. The sunken in, sunken in crazy, mad eyes pictures that are in the newspaper are being circulated around for his capture. He, this one, he's, you know, healthy looking and happy and, and laughing, but that's like immediately gets twisted up in Harry's mind. He, instead of him laughing and having fun at this wedding, he's laughing at James and Lily because what he's going to do, what he's going to do and plotting. The evil thing. Oh, they don't even know what's coming. Yeah. That, that evil uh, movie Bond villain laugh. laugh. Yeah. yeah. I tell the kids at school, I said, you know, you know who laughs when they do bad things? Villains. Villains are the ones that laugh when they're in trouble. This is very true. You know, and the and the parents say, "Oh, that's just his defense mechanism." No, no, that's not his defense mechanism. <laughs> you know that that that's him taking joy in being bad, which is what movie villains do. Mm-hmm. Except you're doing it in the real world. So the th- you mentioned the the photos that. That Harry has had this album, I guess that he got from Hagrid, Hagrid, is that right? For end of the first year. And Sirius Black has been in these photos, but Harry just never knew to even look for him. Yeah, it was just before. rando person in the background. But now that, that he's aware of his connection to Sirius Black, I think that he's going to be seen... I don't. He's not going to be able to look at these photos without looking at... Without focusing on Sirius Black now. It sounds like he's just in the one. The okay. wedding photo. Or, I mean, that's all we are really told. But I mean, he knows for sure when he goes to the wedding photo, because he overheard that he was the best man, to kind of look there. Sure. You would think that if he, if Sirius was so prominent in James Potter's life, that he would, he might even be another photo yes, as well. Yes, but you have to remember, Hagrid put this album together. Mm-hmm. So Hagrid probably intentionally didn't use those photos gotcha because of because he knew of this and maybe story and maybe Black. the picture of that was in there kind of just accidentally or it, maybe it was the only one he had of like the wedding photo and he's like oh i really want to have a wedding picture in there okay well you couldn't like put like a smiley like a face sticker over like <laughs> cut Sirius it out head. no they move around so it's a like wizarding photo as he was trying to cut it like serious blacks like dodging the, <laughs> the scissors and yeah Okay. That's exactly what happened. That makes me really happy at the, imagining that happening. Hagrid trying to cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that well, makes that, me really happy. Well, he happy. ruined those photos trying to do it, so he gave up and just put this whole one in there. And yep. said, hey, I'm just going to leave Sirius in there because I can't cut him out. Or he cut out the space that Sirius was in, and then Sirius just moves back into the yeah. empty space. Just pops right back in there. I like it. So the next morning, Harry... I don't know, it was really confusing because it says he didn't go to sleep until daybreak, so he didn't get any sleep. But then Ron said it was almost lunchtime. So if you fell asleep like when the sun came up and you didn't get up till lunchtime, you still got a pretty good chunk I mean, of sleep. Still, yeah, I mean, unless they're serving lunch like at 9 a.m. I don't think they do that. That's still breakfast. I don't know. We'll have an intern look it up. Uh, <laughs> the, the meal hours at... E- email us what the lunch <laughs> schedule is at Hogwarts at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or at broomsticksb on the Twitter. What hours are the dining room, is the dining room open? Mm-hmm. We need to know. Uh, Kelly, our, our friend in Manhattan, 
uh, I believe. Oh, I like that you said Manhattan now. When, when we were when we were York. asking about J.K. Rowling's uh, house sorting, the, the house that she's in, mm-hmm. uh, Kelly reached out to us on Twit the Twitter. Oh yeah. And J.K. Rowling is a Gryffindor. Of course. Uh, although she did say that she thinks her favorite house is Hufflepuff. Yes, I've heard that. But she, apparently J.K. Rowling is a Gryffindor, according to Kelly, our resi- our favorite Slytherin. Kelly knows everything. That's true. So it's the first day of Christmas, right? First day of Christmas, Christmas holiday. Break, yeah, yeah, the holiday. So everyone's gone. And, I, and Harry even forgot this. He's like, where is everybody? And they're like, it's, it's the holidays. Everybody's gone home. Mm-hmm. And... Apparently, Ron and Hermione have been waiting for Harry to get up so that they can confront him. I even called it like an intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like the only time that Ron and Hermione are at least on the same page. But they like kind of confront him and are like, okay, I mean, know you're upset, but you're not going to do anything stupid, are you? Because like, you really shouldn't do anything stupid. And he's like, what are you guys talking about? It's like it hasn't even occurred to Harry, and they're like feeding him these mm-hmm. ideas, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's a good idea." Yeah, that's it's kind of like backfiring. It, it does sound them. like an intervention. Like we know that you're upset, but there's people that love you, yes. and we just don't want you to do anything that's gonna hurt you, get you hurt, or somebody else hurt. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, "Hmm, hurting somebody. I know somebody I'd like to hurt." <laughs> You're not gonna go and try and kill Sirius Black, are you? And he's hmm. like, "What? Kill Sirius Black? Is that uh-huh. possible? Could I do that? Would that make me feel better?" Oh, you know what? When Malfoy made those comments about how I would, if Sirius did that to to me, me I, I would, would want to go after him. Oh, those revenge. comments make revenge sense now. Sounds good. Revenge does sound good. So there's been little seeds planted, and they're starting to sprout. Uh, no pun, totally not no, their intention. No pun intended on the on the sprout because she, I believe, she pops up at at uh, dinner later. <laughs> <laughs> but they're starting to sprout now, uh, despite Ron and Hermione's actual intentions here. So things, yeah, despite their good intentions, things get a little out of control, and Harry gets more and more angry. So Ron tries to change the subject, and he's like, "Hey, let's go visit Hagrid. We haven't seen Hagrid in a while." And like you were saying before, this is where the three kind of really go on different pages. Let's go visit Hagrid. That'll get your mind off of all this stuff with Yeah, with yeah. I can ask him why he never told me that my dad's best friend well, was a murderous whoa, 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 betrayer. That's not, that's not why. I was just thinking to, no, to, no, to, let's get, go. Our, to get our mind off of nope, that. Nope, I got questions. He's got answers. Let's go. And then Hermione is saying we shouldn't but, go at all because you're not supposed to leave yeah, the castle. Yeah, you're not supposed. We're not supposed to. So they are oh, thinking no. three very different things. We can't even get two of them <laughs> together in lockstep. But Harry does see it as just an opportunity opportunity to confront Hagrid over this information that he never shared with him. Yes, he wants answers. But when they get to Hagrid, though, Hagrid, 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 we talked about how nobody's on the same page. Hagrid thinks they're there for a different reason, doesn't he? Yes. You heard. You heard. He's just... You're darn right I heard about Sirius Black being my godfather. Nope. Nope. Harry doesn't get a chance to bring it up (laughs) because Hagrid is sobbing. What's the bad news he's got? Well, he gives the boys a letter and tells them to read it. He got a letter. Apparently... Dumbledore pulled some strings, worked some magic, and got Hagrid out of being in trouble. 
Real magic, uh, no. literal magic, or figurative, figurative magic? magic? Okay, got it. I don't think he like mind wipes anybody. <laughs> I think we're good here. Um, so just just <laughs> these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, I don't think he did that. Um, but Buckbeak is on the line now. He's going to have to be evaluated, and he's going to have a trial, mm-hmm. and to see if he is. Going to be disposed of. Yes, if he's a danger to the world, and he must be disposed of, or if he can be rehabilitated. I, I'm not sure. So this goes back to Buckbeak's attack of Draco yeah. at the very first Care of Magical Creatures class that Hagrid was putting on. So the a hearing's going to take place with the possibility, and actually the more likely the probability yeah, of Buckbeak being disposed this of. This council that makes these decisions seems to really hate magical creatures. Well, apparently they're also in the pocket of Malfoy. of Lucius Malfoy who we know is is pulling the strings behind the scenes and from the previous books, Noah, ha- Noah has a lot of higher up politicians and people of power under his uh, influence. And Hagrid uh, during this uh, during this uh, whole scene of talking about what's happening or what could potentially happen to Buckbeak actually recounts his brief memory of incarceration in, in Azkaban, too. Yeah, he says that he was tempted to let Buckbeak go, mm-hmm. and, and but he doesn't know how to explain that to Buckbeak, that he needs to go into hiding, and he's afraid of breaking the law again and being sent to Azkaban again. And I totally, this is another part I totally forgot about. And I was like, oh, he's going to actually talk about it. And he does a little bit. Um, he just talks about how, you know, the Dementors take away all of your good memories and you just replay your bad memories. You're just and, in a constant state of sadness and depression. Yes. And it's just over and over again on repeat, these worst moments of your life. And he... He talks about, yeah, how he doesn't want to go back there. He thought he was going crazy. He wanted to die. And, and literally, as soon as he got off the premises, he said it was almost like flipping a light switch. Everything, mm-hmm. all the good things in his life kind of came back to him. Mm-hmm. And so it's so it's so odd, just the, just the soul-sucking setting of, of Azkaban because of the presence of the Dementors. But then we kind of get into the trio kind of acting as uh, like first year uh, legal students, <laughs> like doing. <laughs> so who who are the people? Uh, who are the who are they called? Uh, like at uh, my dad's a lawyer, and I don't know why I don't know this. The 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 people like at like the interns at the law office who do the, the paralegal. Yeah, paralegal. <laughs> they do all like the grunt work and actually like go back and read like the old books and like old court cases so they can try to find some precedent, uh, maybe to to help out like an, an actual current case. And that's kind of what they're doing, spending their first part of yeah, their Christmas so we have holiday. A, a little time here, a little chunk in the middle where we're. We're, we're together again. Mm-hmm. They've got a common goal. They've got a distraction. Mm-hmm. They're all going to get together and help Hagrid. So they go to the library and they get a ton of books and they read through. They spend their days, however many days it is, until actual Christmas. And they spend all their time reading old law books. 
and yep. trying to find something that will help Hagrid's case. And then we end up rolling to Christmas, Christmas morning? Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve. Okay. Christmas. Isn't that when your little the little dinner takes place on Christmas Eve? Uh, I, be- I thought it was Christmas Day. Oh, I thought yeah. it was after they open presents. It is after that. Okay, you're right. Uh, so that sounds like somebody is uh, stepping over that low bar pretty uh, <laughs> nice. pretty well. So it is indeed Christmas morning, and that means presents. presents! So more Weasley jumpers, no doubt. Uh, not in your edition. What? Your edition said sweaters. Well, I mean, I I I like to use the word jumper though, just because it makes me feel fancy. Mm-hmm. I double checked because my edition says jumper, and your edition says sweater. So another Weasley jumper from from Miss Molly. Yes, uh, bronze is again maroon. Because apparently that's his color. Yep. I'm sure he Whether he wants it or not. <laughs> great in that maroon jumper. Uh, Harry gets a jumper. I'm kind of jealous of his jumper. It had the, the Gryffindor lion on it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of food. Goodies. Sandwiches and cakes. And Have you ever seen that, the, that sweater like being sold like in stores or anything? Because I know I've seen like the, the, the Weasley jumpers. I've talked about us getting... Yeah, with the W... Uh, well, I think Ron's has an R on oh, Ron has an R. That's why I thought about getting them for us, because of our last name, Rhino. Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be cool. But I don't, think, I don't know if I've ever seen the Gryffindor no. version. In the, the game I play on my phone, Hogwarts Mysteries, they, I, my character is given a Weasley sweater, and it has a W on it. Mm. And then I also won at some point with a mini game or something. Uh, mine's a blue sweater with the eagle on it, because I'm in Ravenclaw. So it's very similar, which made me think of that when he got the sweater. Interesting. I think the most in, important thing that comes out of this Christmas morning is that Harry unwraps an uh, unwrapped or an unmarked sender gift, doesn't he? Yep. The namesake of our title, mm-hmm. our chapter. Namesake of our, our title. title. Well said. Yeah, the title of the chapter. <laughs> uh, state of the art. Fancy schmancy. Latest, greatest, even most be- expensive. Even better than the than what the uh, than what the Slytherin team got purchased by the Malfoy family last year. Yeah, remember it said on the little tag it didn't have a price. Mm-hmm. You had to ask. Yeah, if if you have to ask, then it's out of your price range. Yeah, uh, the Firebolt broom. And we know that Harry's previous broom, the Nimbus 2000, in his last match, the first match that he was ever a part of that he lost was smashed to smithereens by the championship boxing Wampy Willow Willow Tree, who's the uh, boxing tree champion of the world, as we know. But who said it, Jess? We don't know, Dan. We don't know. Uh, uh, Could it have been Dumbledore? He likes Harry. He does like Harry. Ron points that out, but it seems like he really couldn't do that. That's, that's favorite, a lot of favoritism. favoritism. What about it's McGonagall? It's really expensive. McGonagall wants her team to win. and She does. And I kind of, you know, just like, oh, well, she bought him his last one. It'll be fine. She'll buy him another one. But this is not just any broom. Can't get on a teacher's salary? Probably not. Um, I got into teaching for the money, so oh. I don't know. But I think that's why little, you married me, you're too. You're a little disappointed, aren't you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. 
I just just like you're a little disappointed <laughs> in our marriage. Oh, you're no. like, oh, this guy's got a good job. He's got two degrees. I you bet didn't he, have a job. I'll bet he makes. Marry you. I'll bet he makes good money. With them two, those big fancy college degrees that he has. Ah, uh, you were working at Lens Crafters when I met you, or when I agreed to marry you. Were you? Uh, no, we were family video still. We're still family video yeah. back then? Well, we got, I mean, we got engaged pretty quick. We were, yeah. Gosh, so I I'm, I agreed to marry a family video man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can't hide money though, right? <laughs> that big family video money. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the, the firebolt broom may be Professor Lupin. You know, he saves uh... all he saves all that money on wearing the, the raggedy clothes. He's probably got some money stashed away somewhere. No, probably not. No. no. So we don't know who it's coming from. But Harry's just excited to have it. And yep. Ron, Ron's excited care. that he has it too. Hermione, not so much. Yeah, she shows up with Crookshanks in her arms. Yeah, there's drama there still between Crookshanks and Have you scabbers. noticed the girls are allowed to be in the boys' dormitory, but the girl, boys are not allowed in the girls' dormitory? That makes sense. It I mean, does. boys are gross. They are. Let's be honest. I'm surprised she, she goes in there. Like, it would be, like, honestly, like, if girls use the guy's bathroom, I'd be fine with it because I know they're not going to like make a mess. No. But guys... We'll probably leave it cleaner than we found yeah, it. Yeah, guys don't need to be going in the girls' bathroom no. and doing all kinds of uh, nastiness. Unless you're green from the office and you pay for the privilege. <laughs> I pay for this privilege. <laughs> um. So before we can really get into the whole broom thing, we have Scabbers, Crookshanks, Drama... He, like, leaps onto Ron's chest and, like, claws up his pajamas. And then Ron tries to kick him, which is, you know. Not cool. Not cool, but he is fighting for his rat's life at this mm -hmm. point. But he kicks over Harry's chest that sits at the foot of his bed instead. And all his stuff goes spilling out. The sneakoscope that he got forever ago comes rolling out. Kind of forgot about that. Yeah, that, that happens in these books. Mm -hmm. Things that pop up and then pop up again later. So that comes out and starts making crazy noises, which only adds to the insanity of the moment. But finally Hermione gets Crookshanks. They put the sneakoscope back in, in the old sock. And they head down. They head out of the dormitory. And we kind of leave it at that. Mm -hmm. I guess the next time we get together is Christmas dinner. Yep. For crackers. Yeah. With funny hats. <laughs> so the <laughs> the dining hall has a little bit of a different setup on Christmas, uh, for Christmas dinner, doesn't it? Yeah, this is the one and only time I think they do this. Mm -hmm. But Dumbledore said there's so few of them that stayed this year for, for the holiday that they just set up one small table. Well, I guess it's still a big table, but not as big as the, the house tables. Mm -hmm. Push all the other tables against the wall. Kind of more of an intimate setting. And we've got Dumbledore, McGonagall, Snape, Sprout, Flitwick, uh, Filch. We've got three other students. Rand we got... Uh, rando students. Rando right. students. We've got two... I think this is the first time they... the teachers sit with the kids, too, which right. is strange. They use The teachers still usually sit up mm -hmm. on the... Yeah, Dumbledore kind of referenced that. He said, there's so few of us. There's let's no. Just... Let's just do it family style here. Nice. And then we've got uh, like a 50-year Slytherin who's like. <laughs> sulking. Yeah, sulking because he's here. And then we've got like two 
deer in the headlights first years. Just who, like, oh, oh my god. Oh no, I'm I dinner with all my teach all, the whole staff. What am I doing here? And then of course we've got Harry, Ron, and Hermione. So that makes an even twelve. Mm-hmm. I love that the first uh, cracker was between Dumbledore and Snape, and it breaks, and it's a witch's hat with oh, a stuffed explain bird. Oh, the cracker to me. Um, it's those little. It looks like a little wrapped present, mm-hmm. and then you pull it apart, and there's like supposedly like in in the real world, in the Muggle world, just a little toy pops out. Mm-hmm. In the Wizard world, big things come out because they can alter with magic. Mm-hmm. And like they're. They end up being like these like party hats. Party hats. <laughs> and Dumbledore is all about the party hat. Oh, yeah. Snape, not so much. Well, it's it's a witch's hat with a bird on top, which yeah. is similar to <laughs> Neville's grandmother's hat, which mm-hmm. he his Bogart self wore. <laughs> so he was not happy gotcha. that that popped out of the cracker. But still, an, a luck, uh, an even nice even 12 people at the... Mm-hmm. At the dinner. We have a word change here, too. Okay. In your book, Dumbledore says, all right, we're all here. Let's dig in. Mm-hmm. Not mine. Mine is tuck in. So they're going to go take a nap. Not, I think they're going to eat. We're be- no. No. Nope, they're saying, well, they're- f- dinner's canceled. <laughs> Off to bed with <laughs> Look you. at all this glorious food. Now let's None for you. Time Merry to tuck Christmas. In. Happy Christmas. Don't they say happy Christmas? I don't know. But tuck in, uh, that's weird. Yeah, that's what it says in mine. Tuck in. And then everybody starts eating, and I'm, I was confused. I'm like, what? Okay. Okay, just wanted you to know. Weird. Word change. I figured in this this part, I was going to let you take it away, because you seem <laughs> to really enjoy this scene. Oh, man, I loved while it. While you were reading. I loved it. So for, so we get, I said we had a, I was I kept trying to put it on the tee for you, but you, you didn't want to pick up the bat and, and I'm letting you and take knock it all. the ball off. We had a nice even number of, of 12 until the uh, the lady who likes to hole herself up in the attic and read... Your, your mom? Uh, well, no, my mom doesn't hold herself up in the attic. She doesn't like to leave her house. I mean, yeah, but she's all over the house, usually. Uh, my mom is the personification of... The book version of Trelawney, mm-hmm. who's uh, up in her attic reading tea leaves and whatnot, and Trelawney shows up to the dinner, and Dumbledore's very pleased that Trelawney is joining them because apparently this is a rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. But Trelawney says that she saw she uh, foresaw that she was joining them yeah, at dinner. She was reading the crystal, and, and who is she to mess with fate? Yeah. Fate says she was there. She better be there. Well, she shows up and she realizes uh, she's actually pretty, seems pretty happy to be there until she realizes that she is the 13th at the table. And apparently, although 13 is my favorite number, it is not the best number for uh, those that are very superstitious. Now, I'm not superstitious. I am a little stitious, though. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, lines we stole from The Office. <laughs> but Trelawney uh, says something uh, to the effect of 13 to die, first to rise is the first to die or something yes. like that. When you sit at a table with 13, 
first one that gets up is going to be the first one to die. And Dumbledore just says, I think we'll risk it. This food looks really good. Yeah, it's Christmas. So Trelawney is, is very uh, trepidatious about <laughs> sitting down. And shes I just imagine her kind of looking around and kind of just hovering a little bit over her seat, not being very comfortable in the, with the whole thing. But this is where we get to see the snarky side <laughs> of Minerva McGonagall. I love Professor McGonagall. Oh, McGonagall's the best. <laughs> and we, we got a little bit of tease in the previous chapters about how much of nonsense she thinks that Trelawney's class and just Trelawney's uh, chosen path of wizarding is, that being the, uh, the fortune-telling aspect and the future-reading aspect of it. And every time Trelawney makes a comment, McGonagall just shuts her down. And McGonagall, like, is... I, I, I don't want to say that she's embarrassing her, but, I mean, she's really kind of putting the smack down on everything that, that Trelawney says and and really kind of, you know, making her Wish look she hadn't like, left her, her attic? Yeah, the, the comforts of her attic. It's, it's really making McGonagall... Uh, kind of belittling <laughs> Trelawney to a point. And McGonagall is just reveling in the fact that that she can do this. Every time Trelawney makes some kind of offhanded comment about uh, f- telling the future, the future is already told, there's nothing we can do to change it. McGonagall just has got a snarky comment and, and uh, Trelawney kind of gives her a a dirty look, and McGonagall just gives it right back to her. She she's not backing down from anybody, Mm-mm. especially not Trelawney. Yeah, so like the first thing she says, "Where's Lupin?" And where's where's dear Professor Lupin? I said, "Well, he's out sick again." And McGonagall's just like, "Wouldn't you have known that? Wouldn't you have seen <laughs> that?" <laughs> yeah, and you then, saw yourself here at the table. You didn't see that he was out sick. And Trelawney was. Kind of said, well, uh, of course I saw that, but I don't like to throw my knowledge Want in my abilities. everybody's face because... It makes other people uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I have a friend whose mother is a professional oh. psychic. <laughs> I was like, but, but you, and uh, your mother, she told she's She told me years ago that I was going to marry a blonde, so... I don't know if that means that you're going to dye your hair at some point, but nope. you are not uh, blonde in the least. Nope. <laughs> you are brunette through and through. So, I don't know. I think something's going to happen. Like, you're going to, like, uh, s- uh, take a, a dive into, like, uh, a vat of, like, uh, uh, like blonde dye at, like, a factory, kind of like the Joker. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking like Killer Frost. And then you're going to go and you're gonna be like, she was right. She was right. I'm blonde. No. You did marry a blonde. No, you married a brunette. Yeah. I was a brunette when you married me. I mean, you could Still be, am. you could have been dying your hair all these years without me knowing. No. So I'm just, just saying. Pretty sure you know. So I, I don't know. I've, I've had people that have made snark, snarky comments about her as well like oh shouldn't she have seen that coming or shouldn't she have known that coming <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard those yeah so uh that's that's pretty much dinner and that was when i mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that we had some some fun things in this chapter McGonagall <laughs> made made this made dinner a lot of fun for me i just 
you really seemed to enjoy that oh, part man. while you were reading. I kept getting lines right out And then she said loud. this. And then she yeah, said this. Yeah. Can you oh believe this? She said, yeah. It's good it's stuff. Like, it was. Uh, and then we don't know who the first one up from the table was. No, Ron and Harry got up together. And Trelawney wants, which one was it? Which uh, I don't know. It could have been either one of us. Fine. We'll see you later. I thought it was start off a little bit by, was it Dumbledore's comment? Well, unless there's a mad man wielding an axe in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Considering that there is a madman on the loose, mm-hmm. that seemed a bit too much of a comment. Yeah, it seemed like, a, like he just kind of a throwaway comment that he probably should have thought about a little bit. Yeah, but you know, maybe he's had a little bit of wine. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's, everybody's real relaxed. We don't know what's in those dinner. poppers. Might be like a like a Colt forty five pops out or something. <laughs> Don't think so. I think it's just hats. We'll have an intern look it up. And prizes. I think one year Harry won. He got like a wizarding chess set out of a popper or something. So then he had his own set. So yeah, toys, hats. And Charlie Brown got a rock. What? I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that. Have you seen Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Chapter. Everybody else gets gets good candy. I got a rock. Charlie Brown's always. What uh, house is Charlie Brown in? Hufflepuff. He's, he's already wearing the Hufflepuff yeah, colors. Hufflepuff. Yeah. Not very ambitious. No. Not, not definitely not a Slytherin. Not very brave. No. That's... Snoopy's brave though. Yeah. He's a Gryffindor. Yeah, Snoopy's a Gryffindor through and through. Gryffindor. So I guess Woodstock would have to be a Gryffindor too? I don't know. Does he see like the faults in Snoopy's endeavors sometimes? Like he's like, you shouldn't do that. I know he can't talk, but I feel <laughs> Is like. That what he sounds like? <laughs> you shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, Snoopy. And then after it goes awry, I feel like he's always going. Mm, told you so. Well, send us who, uh, go ahead and sort the Peanuts gang into uh, <laughs> into houses and tell us why. And if we like uh, answer, well, your answer, maybe we'll send you a t-shirt. Send us to us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or tweet us at broomsticksb and sort all of the Peanuts characters into houses for us. Will be interesting. Yep. Um, so anybody who was paying attention there noticed that we said Ron and Harry left. Mm-hmm. Hermione did not. She said, I need to talk to Professor McGonagall. I'll be up in a minute. Probably to see if she could take more classes, right? Yeah. I don't care. Let's go upstairs. That's not what she was talking about. No, 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 no. I had in my notes, Hermione snitches <laughs> on Harry. <laughs> get it? I get it. And what does she snitch about? His new... Broomstick, his new firebolts. From the, from mysterious yeah, someone. Who knows? Yeah. So, like Hermione was trying to tell the boys before the animal madness happened, she's worried that since they don't know who the broom is from, it could be from someone who is trying to hurt Harry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has had some problems with brooms in the past. Mm-hmm. Somebody put a jinx on his broom before. And then, you know, he almost fell off of his broom. He's had issues. His life has been in danger while he's been on a broomstick several times. So, unfortunately, McGonagall comes and seizes Harry's new broom 
-hmm. and says that it has to be stripped down and checked for jinxes, and it's probably going to take a few weeks. A few weeks. Well, they are on vacation, really. For that to happen. You can't work and too who, hard And who do they say are the, the professors that are, are specialized uh, in that? Flitwick is okay. the charms professor, mm -hmm. and then Madam Hooch is the PE teacher, the flying coach. Yeah. So they know the most about curses and broomsticks together. So. Well, now, and then when they say strip it down, does that mean they're going to have to like take it apart? No, I think they're just going to look into the magic of it. I don't think they're going to take it apart. I mean, because, I don't know, it, it kind of seemed at the end that Harry was kind of insinuating that this beautiful new broom wasn't going to be so beautiful anymore. anymore once they got a hold of it. Because he, he didn't even need to, like, polish it or clip any... And straight twigs. Straight, yeah, yeah, that, that kit perfect. that Hermione gave him for his birthday. For birthday a while back. I mean, this thing is just is just immaculate, and it kind of seemed that maybe he was maybe I just misinterpreted. It. Maybe he's just upset that he doesn't have it in his possession anymore, and may not have it in his possession by the time the next Quidditch match comes around. Professor McGonagall wouldn't allow that. <laughs> Harry needs to think about this. Think it through, Harry. I know he's upset at the moment, but McGonagall's going to make sure he gets that broom back and that it's in good condition. And when we get to the very end of the chapter, basically Hermione has the best of intentions here because mm -hmm. she believes that this broom was sent as kind of like a Trojan horse by Sirius Black mm -hmm. to harm Harry. Yeah. You know, get him all excited about this or maybe. It, once he gets on it, it's just going to like take him straight to where Black is or sure. something. Not necessarily, oh, it's going to fly up and dump him off. Mm -hmm. It could just take him to where Black is. Mm -hmm. and Black can do his worst. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, take him real high up in the sky to where he can't like dismount off of it or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then that's the end of Chapter 11. So big takeaways from this chapter. Anything we haven't talked about? I think we talked about it. Like I said, there wasn't a whole lot that happened, especially coming off of the last chapter. It didn't seem as action-packed as the last one, or we didn't get as much information. We just kind of had presents and dinner and a broomstick, and now we don't have a broomstick. Well, we're not meeting a lot of new characters in the last few chapters, but we have been getting introduced to a lot of um, non-living uh, items of prominence in Harry Potter lore. We had the Marauder's Map. Mm -hmm. We've got the fire, huge. the fire bolt broom. And then the next chapter is titled The Patronus. Nice. Which is uh, another uh, thing in, in the Harry Potter lore that is very, very important and that is going to be... A very popular. Like Everybody knows what their house mm -hmm. is. Everybody knows what their Patronus would be. But this is even going to be like a storytelling element that's going to go carry us all the way to our last book, too. Mm. You know, with the, really with the Patronus. So, um, um, my book, my lovely book that you got me, that's the 20th anniversary edition, Ravenclaw edition, has a thing I was just kind of flipping through in the back about Patronuses. Interesting. And it talks about some of the Ravenclaws that we know and what their Patronuses are and why. Well, maybe we can uh, read a little bit of that. Mm, spoilers. Oh. Sorry. Uh, so, maybe not. Yeah. I was thinking in the, in the next chapter, maybe that'd be kind of cool, but nope. Not if we're going to be spoiling anything. Nope. Can't. Can't do it. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Till like the end of the series. <laughs> Because there's spoilers all over It's around. coming, folks. Just got to wait a couple years. Yeah. 
Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. That was Chapter 11, The Firebolt from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I want to thank everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing to the show. Our numbers continue to grow every time our, I check. I think we're over like 500 followers on Twitter, Woo-hoo. which is at BroomsticksB. Uh, we are also on Facebook. We are uh, also reachable via email. If you give us a, a shout-out on email, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. And if you follow us on Twitter, we'll follow you back, too. Um, yeah, I got a notification that we followed somebody mm-hmm. or something yep. other. I was like, oh. Yep, so hey. if you follow us on Twitter, we are uh, we are not holier-than-thou celebrity jerks. We will follow you back. Uh, and then uh, if you send us an email, we'll give you a shout-out. We'll plug your Instagram. We'll answer your question. We'll uh, do whatever. We just love hearing from people. Even if you just send us an email and say that you're enjoying what we'll do, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. So uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I know it's really easy to leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. The other platforms uh, I don't use as often. I know we're on iHeartRadio and Google Play and Spotify and Stitcher, but if there's an opportunity to leave us a review on those, please do so. We really appreciate it. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. So until next time, I'm your Hufflepuff host, Dan Reiner. I'm your Ravenclaw host, Jessica Reiner. And we'll see you next time. Bye.